0: There's, there's just this escalation of injuries and there has been tons of research out there. And this, the information is much stronger for strength in terms of prevention of injury than it is for movement mechanics.
1: Hey, this is More Than Velocity with Jordan Oseguera, Ryan Croton, and I'm Bart Pear. And today we're going to go through a recent blog post that's up on armcare.com discussing kind of strength versus biomechanics. So we all know there's a there's an injury um, problem in baseball. It's kind of on the rise. And, and where people are looking for the solutions um, may not be the optimum way to address this problem. And so this article kind of discusses that, looks at some mechanics issues and, and where strength comes in and uh, what might be your, your best bet to, to prevent injury um, going forward. So Ryan, you're the one who um, who penned this article. So why don't um, you start. I'm actually going to as you're talking, I'm going to share the screen. There's some good graphics on this article. If you if you want to um, check it out while we're talking, definitely run over to armcare.com, jump on the blog, um, and you'll see it. It's called Stop Focusing on Throwing Mechanics as a Way to Prevent Injury, um, and uh, it'll be perfect to go along with that while we're talking. So, Ryan, jump into it.
0: Sure. I mean, um, you know, the the basis of the article is that there are so many injuries that are occurring to the throwing elbow in baseball, um, and it's across all levels. You know, whether it's at the youth level, um, there's good evidence to show that that this is a big problem, especially what we see at the professional level. Um, and this year is one of the worst uh, for, for overall for for injuries, and um, there is a huge emphasis on addressing this problem with movement. And I'm a biomechanist, which is really interesting because you would think that my biases would be skewed towards we need better technology to address the, the throwing movement, to be able to look at the forces on the throwing arm or um, body position or posture. But the internal world, the strength side of things, you know, understanding what are the tissues like, I believe is much more important to addressing this injury problem um and so that's why I believe that strength matters more uh and and uh I'll kind of let Jordan you know give some impressions from a coaching position and, and then I can talk a little bit more about mechanics uh behind this so
2: so from a coaching standpoint again that's my background you know I've done 3d motion analysis and things like that I understand there's a high level of importance on the way the human body's moving. But from my experience, again, over 15 years as a pitching coach, you know, between pro ball, college, the private industry, things like that, the more you realize inconsistent movement is normally a strength issue. Uh, usually a guy is just not strong enough to be able to handle the forces their body's creating, so it shows up in inconsistent stride angles, Inconsistent arm pass, inconsistent kinematic sequence—all um, these big buzzwords that everyone's using now—and they're all they're all great. There's nothing wrong with any of them, but the problem is, is when we try to attack a movement issue, when it's really a strength problem, we're we're addressing the symptom, not the cause, and. I would say for amateur athletics, probably eighty percent, maybe more, um, is going to be related to a, to a lack of strength when it comes down to it. Um, I might be jumping a little bit ahead on the talking points, so I apologize if I do. But you know, I'm working with a guy right now remotely, and one of his big concerns is he's been to you know five, six, seven different pitching coaches all in his local area. And you know, they're trying to get him to delay his torso rotation. We have to get you to delay this. We got to get you fix your kinematic sequence. And everyone knows how to address these things. And he's been spending a lot of money on trying to do this and just, you know, front side shoulder issue, front side shoulder issue, just killing him all the time. We got him on the on the platform, gave him a quick test, and I said, listen, you know, you have you're 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 19 years old, but you're pumping strength out like you're 14. So the reason that this is going on is you're just not strong enough. So we cut back throwing volumes. We used the system to kind of monitor what he was doing and just jacked up his strength big time. And then next thing you know, once we get him back on the mound, all of a sudden he's holding on to a a good kinematic sequence for 55 to 70 pitches as opposed to before he was running out of steam in the first inning. So his issue was not mechanics because he would flash some really good kinematic sequences. He just couldn't do it for a long period of time.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's really interesting. I think we'll definitely get into that, but I mean, Ryan, there's a there's a title in this article. It says throwing mechanics are mostly useless for assessing injury risk. You uh back that up. Tell me why tell me why you say that.
0: Well, they you know, there there is a place for them, but when you're looking at an adult population, the fundamental mechanics are pretty much they're, they're pretty much set. So yeah, in the article you can see there's there's been one study to look at uh, pitching efficiency. So they're basically looking at the ability to throw at high velocities with the lowest torque values for the shoulder and elbow. And what they found, you'll see the green check marks, is that you know one. The lead hip um, leads the delivery, um, is, a, is a healthier delivery. The hand, when you're taking the, uh, the ball out, is on top. The fingers are on top of the baseball, rather than under the baseball. Um, you know, the, the elbow's at shoulder height, at foot contact. Uh, in the bottom structure, you can see the, these, the image that the shoulder is closed. At foot contact, and the, the uh, position of the foot is either in line or slightly in front of the back foot, so they're slightly closed um, to keep the body closed. Now, most pitchers, when they get to the adolescent level, they typically show this pattern, you know, where now the mechanical changes um, are a little bit more impactful to evaluate with strength. You know, at, at a higher level, it's the consistency in their movement. And that's why we need to be able to look at strength because they'll compensate. At the youth level, I think mechanics are really important because you need to be able to have these basic elements of movement. But, you know, when you look at an adult pitcher, you're not seeing a pitcher take the ball out with their fingers under their the, the ball, usually. Um, you know, you're not seeing them kind of fall forward with their lead side of their shoulder their hips usually leading they're creating a lot more force and so you know our impression of what optimal mechanics are for an adult uh pitcher that they you know they especially at the professional level you know or the college level they're pretty efficient they're throwing really well they're throwing really hard and so these little nuances of change they come from strength and that's why i feel like you know evaluating biomechanics constantly and trying to come up with this optimal delivery is not, I think the best use of time in this immediate climate of, of health.
1: So obviously there's some basic foundational, you know, throwing mechanics that that everyone needs, but you're saying optimizing it is a mistake if you have not looked at strength first.
0: Correct. It, it leads everything. You, when you talk about the injury progression, um, I, I have a little arm care IQ segment that I, I just put out in our first one. And, you know, you're really trying to fight compensation. You know, whatever the pattern is that however an athlete throws, you want to make sure that it's consistent because if my arm position keeps changing Because of fatigue, let's just say in my rotator cuff or my scapular stabilizers, my serratus, some of the muscles that help me put my arm in the right place. It's going to change some of the arm timing. It's definitely going to change the release position. So you could end up throwing more if you lose command and control. And it's that kind of thing, especially when when especially in athletes that are highly competitive, they need to be repeatable. There's a certain amount of variability that the body can handle. And then when it gets out of that range, um, it it's, it's a problem. And then, you know, it comes down to balancing, throwing our musculature that, that has to occur, you know, and you can only do that with right now, um, with dynamometry and our app makes this available to do this constantly and to make sure the strength is where it should be.
1: So let's talk about the inverted W. Why don't you guys quickly explain what it is in case someone doesn't know and then the myths and truth around it.
2: I think the biggest thing we should point out is why don't they? Why do they just call it the M?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's an M, you know?
0: <laughs>
2: Go on. That's my big complaint on it. Go ahead, Ryan.
0: Uh, well. Um, I'm trying to top that. Well, yeah, yeah. You could call it the inverted W. I guess you could call it the M. Um, but in any event, it's essentially when the athlete's at foot flat that the hand is below the elbow. So it's kind of it's it's underneath the elbow. It's not parallel. The hand's not above the elbow, um, and it can it can be equal in sides. Like you know, some athletes have like a double internal rotation of their shoulder, so they they're inverted on both sides, or you could have one side that's up, one side that's down. There's a lot of different appearances to just having that that arm position. And, uh, you know, Jordan and I have talked about it a lot about, you know, it might not particularly be an injury flag. Um, we've looked at tons of of pitching videos, especially when we were at the Angels. And, uh, you know, we would scale guys who would have their hand below their elbow. And we didn't see, you know, a lot of injury detection there. And and then looking at some research, they also don't see with that particular position to be more injurious than an athlete that has this clean, my arm is above my elbow, and it's at least at 45 degrees of external rotation when I land, you know, the arms upwards um, by comparison.
2: Yeah, you beat me to the punch on that because I know there's some research coming out now that, you know... It's, it's not that big of a shock when it comes down to it. It's more about the timing of the rotation between pelvis and torso that matters where the arm is. You can land with a good, quote-unquote, arm position. But if your pelvis and torso are rotating in a poor sequence of events, that's more dangerous than landing with your with your hand below and having your pelvis and torso rotate in a good sequence of events. You know, the research is starting to to find this stuff out. Uh, we, 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 me and you, like you said, been talking about this for years now. Um, and it's starting to get kind of more into the public realm. And, you know, I, I still have someone that owes me money on a bet that I said, for every one person that you find that gets hurt like this, you'll find two, that get hurt like this. It turns out I was right. I need to actually collect on that, that bet. So,
1: <laughs> all right. Um, so we've been talking about strength being the most important what, I'm going to, I'm going to share a a graph we have on this blog that really talks about, put some numbers to the strength there. And Ryan, I just want you to talk about why it is the predictor when I share this here.
0: Yeah. So we're looking at this, this pie chart. Um, So in developing this, this image, I'd done a lot of research into what, the evidence says about um injury for the throwing arm. And it's very, you know, a lot of people are aware in the industry that fatigue is the number one risk factor. And it's just like what I had talked about is that fatigue causes weakness, and weakness causes compensation. That that's that's the strong connection, is that there's there's fatigue, there's weakness, there's compensation. And so there's just a lot more evidence that is related to these strength deficits and balances that cause these fatigue-related injuries. You know, and biomechanical flaws, um, just like what we talked about now, you know, the inverted W obviously is something uh, that is made mainstream about a position to avoid, and yet the research is showing that if that does happen for an athlete, there there's not a great risk like what jordan said for every one guy who might be an inverter or girl who might have inverted w um, there might be two injuries you know and then obviously obviously workload is a big component you know when you look at you look at uh, fatigue you know one is the athlete strong enough especially to handle their workload so that again affects the compensation um so you know workload is up there Um, in range of motion there there is some good evidence to talk about what can happen with restriction um, or expansion of range especially with weighted balls if you know athletes are getting this huge layback um, that can increase the stress of the elbow but overall you know it doesn't matter how you move if your strength can't support your movement it can't accelerate decelerate you know, uh, have balance between the the front side of the shoulder, the back side of the shoulder, or your <clears throat> your flexor uh, pronator mass isn't strong to support your elbow, it doesn't matter how you throw, you're at risk.
2: Yeah, to give a little more context on that as well, you know, my first year uh, coaching full-time in Pro Bowl outside of just only a consulting role, I split time between, you know, doing a little bit of a front office kind of evaluation scouting role as well as an on-field coaching role. And I remember at the end of spring training, you know, they said, you know, you've know, you seen everyone in camp, who do you like? I said, I like player A, player B, and player C. And I got laughed at. And they were like, what do you, there's nothing to like about these three guys. I said, they're gonna pitch in the big leagues. And they said, okay, like why? I said, well, they, they do these three things on occasion. They lock out their lead leg, that lead leg blocking that everyone calls it now. They show an occasionally really good kinematic sequence and they do some stuff with their torso at ball release that really hard throwers do. So, said, well, why do they throw 86 to 89? I said, they're going to throw harder. You, just, you have to get them stronger. They're not strong enough to consistently do this. They laughed, and they said, you know what? We were, we were going to send them to double A. We'll send them to high A with you. Do whatever the do, – do what you want. I don't care. So I got them in high A, and then within about eight weeks of just talking with the strength coach, talking with the, uh, the AT at those levels, we had one of those guys hitting triple digits within six to eight weeks. He went double-A, triple-A. The only reason he didn't get to the big leagues was obviously because of control of the player debuting the big leagues in 2017. And then those other two players got to the big leagues in 2018. But they both started throwing uh, you know, upper 90s, occasionally 100-mile-an-hour guys you know, within six months. And it was all a strength-based program. Obviously, one of those guys had really quick results. The other two guys took a little bit of time. But they're all three productive big leaguers that are still pitching in the big leagues right now. One of them just grabbed a hold. Uh, you know, we just finished up the the first half of the season. All star break starting today, but one of them just picked up a hold yesterday in the big leagues, and they're all still pitching. You know, these are guys that I got laughed at because of how inconsistent they were, and we've tried so many. You know, of the gurus and everyone's come in and worked with these guys, and our best pitching coaches in the org have worked with them, and it was the athletic trainer that dialed in shoulder strength to allow these guys to handle the durability to be able to rotate and store that energy properly, as well as the strength coaches building lumbo-pelvic control to allow them to get more energy into the shoulder. So it was a combination of everything. But the amount of mechanics work we talked about probably took up less than 1% of the daily, daily tasks. It was all strength. It was all durability.
1: So – I mean back then you didn't have the arm care app so how were you how are you assessing strength range of motion or was it just a It was it's primitive. Yeah.
2: You know, I I was check I was like seeing it, how much of my hand I could fit under their scap. I was having them like flex their scaps and see which ones were you know, if they it looked like they were lacking muscle back there and I'd look at it and be like, yeah, these, these guy's shoulder strength, uh, they borderline are just bones on the back.
1: Jordan there for a second. Oh, we lost you, Jordan for a second. In my back you're back now.
2: You're back. Yeah. You know, the way I was doing it was a lot of, you know, visual comparing their left shoulder blade to their right. And again, it sounds primitive, but it's a, it, it works. Okay. Um, you, you understand that maybe someone needs to build a little strength, boost things up here and there, uh, checking the parity between biceps and triceps and seeing how their, sh- how their scaps can actually retract and do all these things. But you're still kind of guessing when you don't put actual numbers and tangible data to it. And one thing I will say is, you know, with, you know, me and Ryan actually implemented a system, again, with another uh, athletic trainer, his name was Andrew Hawkins, who we started messing with manual muscle testers, and we started increasing guys' velocities, getting them back from the aisle a lot quicker once we understood, does this guy need more front side, back side, does he just need to be balanced, is he equal, and then we need to build strength. Once we started putting more numbers to it, we really increased our rate of return on guys
1: awesome very cool um, I mean the the final of that article is basically focusing on strength first uh, it's an excellent article I encourage anybody to um, to go check it out to share it if you got someone who doesn't listen to you know to podcasts and, and readings better I would definitely get that and share it. it it kind of goes into a little more detail than what we were talking about here but I'm gonna let you guys. Sum up, um, the article at the end, uh, what, what's the final takeaway, Ryan, I should have for this.
0: Yeah. The, the final takeaway is, you know, we, we mentioned it before is strength matters. You know, whatever you can do, build strength. It will support your mechanics and it will reduce your compensation factor. And make you fatigue resistant.
1: A more durable arm. Mm -hmm. all right cool well i think that's a good excellent quick podcast really hits home check out that uh blog post and uh until next time